2: It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. We've got the second hour of the show happening right now. Two of three that you get today. And then there's that bonus hour starting at one o'clock with the Dave Glover show uh, where Amy and I hang out. We are joined in studio today by the regional president of PNC Financial Services, Mike Scully, is with us. Mike, it's good to see you. Chris, good morning. Happy to be here. Amy,
3: thank you.
4: Yeah.
2: We are happy to have you in studio because now for the 40th year, PNC um, has their Christmas price index. So basically, it's what Christmas is going to cost you this year. And it's a, it's a great thing to go over because this year it looks like there's a little bit of relief from last year.
3: Well, there is. It's uh, for 40 years now, PNC has published our Christmas Price Index. And it's a whimsical a, a take on the, you know, the old CPI, which also known as an inflation rate. And it measures the average change in prices consumers would pay for goods and services. So for Christmas Tree Index, you're talking about the Song The Twelve Days of Christmas. hmm <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I'm looking at the prices right now. Uh for
2: example, a pear tree. <laughs> a pear tree is so uh looks like a pear tree is a little bit more expensive than it would have it's been otherwise. It's not a pear. Well, it says are you talking about the pear tree? You're talking
4: about a partridge in a pear tree.
2: Well, there's a partridge in a pear tree, which is a
3: little bit more expensive because the partridge costs money.
4: Right. But you're talking about just the, just pear, the tree. pear tree.
3: Just the pear tree. Well, we just, they come they come in a pair though. You can't just talk about one without the it's other. It's a package okay. deal. Can yeah, I also package just deal. say
4: the 12 days of Christmas is pretty bird heavy when you yeah, think about it. Yeah, what's with all the birds? And and honestly, she probably thought she was done with the birds when the rings came in. <laughs> five golden rings and then they followed up with geese. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can you imagine getting all the bird gifts and you finally get some rings at any rate. What what's going on with the pear tree?
3: So, uh, the pear tree is actually up this year, and the pear tree, the index they use for a pear tree, would uh, be the housing index, you know, lumber and things like that. And everyone knows that's up this year, but the partridge didn't go up a nickel. So, the partridge and a pear tree, I think, were up 15%. And that's all due to the pear tree.
2: So, does that mean that there's actually some relief on the partridge because you expect prices to go up every year, just kind of the natural order of things, right?
3: So the fact it stayed stagnant, that's got to be good news. Well, it is good news. I think the index this year went up 2.7%, which was quite a bit lower than last year when it went up 10, 10.5%. And and I would also add the 25 or the 27 is below the CPI of uh, just in our inflation of 3.2% the last year. Now, what I will also say is of the 12 items,
4: yeah.
3: five of them actually had zero increase so.
4: so, yeah, you said the partridge didn't have an increase. I'm so sorry. I'm slow right now. Why didn't the partridge have an increase?
3: Well, lots of things don't go up year to year. In fact, something I found very interesting is since this started in, you know, 1984, one would think they would march up every single year. But the lowest point for this index was some, you know, 12 years later, I think it was 1995 Oh, when it was mm-hmm. – um, the lowest it was fifteen thousand six hundred dollars. So the first year it was twenty thousand. So if you think about that, over ten years it actually went down ten thousand. And now today it's up around, uh, I think it's forty six thousand change.
4: Okay, I'm seeing a huge increase in the two turtle doves.
3: Oh yeah, that's not good.
4: They went up twenty five percent. That's
3: a that's a huge. Why is that? Yeah. Well, uh, they're pretty rare. So if you think about it. How often do you see a turtle dove when you're out shopping? They're rare. Uh, they're up 25%. That was the largest increase in any of our, our mm-hmm. 12 gifts.
4: And also, I think they're still on uh, flying on the coattails of their Home Alone cameo, Home oh, Alone 2, Lost in New it. York. Yeah, The bird lady gave oh, boy. the yep. two turtle yep. doves to yep. Kevin, and I think that kind of boosted the cachet of yeah. the turtle dove.
3: And and something else I'll I'll draw your attention to today. Of course, it's Cyber Monday.
4: Yes, I have already taken part in that.
3: So people are out. Uh, your listeners are are maybe at work listening, but they're also logged in buying things. So something I found interesting. So the index this year increased to all the twelve gifts was a tad over forty six thousand. If you had bought those online, it would be over fifty two thousand. Oh. So you see a difference of buying online. It's actually more expensive than the 12 days of Christmas.
2: Here's something I'm surprised by. My understanding is that the cost of labor has gone up. So how come the uh, maids of milking and the nine
3: ladies dancing, the cost the same as last year? You know, shouldn't that uh, have gone up? Yeah, I would think so because labor has gone up, but it, it hasn't gone up like it did last year. So I think it's a little okay. slower than than o five. Maybe
4: the maids of milking and the dancing ladies have not unionized.
3: It could be it. it well, could, not following the
2: Starbucks model. Yeah, that's so. I an eight. How come it's only fifty eight dollars for eight milking maids? <laughs> fifty eight bucks is a deal. It seems like. <laughs> that's what it says. Fifty eight dollars.
4: Okay, <laughs> I mean, that's true.
2: But the nine ladies dancing is over eight thousand. It's eighty three hundred dollars.
4: So eight men, You're right. Maybe well, it demand. could be the,
3: it could be demand in the rural economies. You know, there's probably mm. not a huge demand for okay milking these days. But <laughs> <It> does-
4: <laughs> robots have taken the milking jobs. It's the robots. But- <laughs> it's the robots.
3: But Chris, you're talking about labor and services. It's what I've noticed is interesting. So if you go back forty years and you look at the components of the 12 days that are labor versus goods goods so goods versus services so in in 1984 the index of goods was 70% of the index and today it's down to 37%. so conversely 40 years ago services were 30 and now they're 63 so it's almost a complete reversal.
4: Hmm. That's really interesting. I also thought that the the cost of e-commerce and the convenience of shopping online uh, that using technology is super convenient. You can sit on your couch. But if you were to buy all 12 gifts online, it would cost you 4.8% more this year than it did in 2022. So but you are paying for shipping, packaging, handling.
3: It is exactly that. And it the, the increases that occurred during the pandemic have not abated in that area. So whether it was fuel surcharges or packing or just the... Increase in e-commerce, those costs are up. Generally speaking, though, and beyond the uh, the 12 days of
2: Christmas gifts, um, it, should people expect or I don't know if relief is the correct word, but what I'm gathering is it's not as bad this year as it could have been or as it was last year in terms of Christmas shopping.
3: Well, in terms of Christmas shopping with these 12 gifts, we saw a very modest increase year over year. And if you go back 40 years, these gifts are far lower than our CPI or rate of inflation. Yeah. So maybe it's a component of the gifts. And I'm sure PNC has about 30 of our economists that work on this full time. So (laughs) we'll have to get one of them in here. to. I'd actually love to know how long this does
2: take to go through.
4: I know. Well, and also... This is an effort. I think the nine ladies dancing... They are making a whole lot more than the eight maids of milking but ten lords a-leaping, it, those guys are getting paid way more. Ten lords a-leaping is $13,980, oh. but nine ladies dancing is only 8308 It's They, they it have gets, the
3: pedigree of being a lord. I think that, that adds to the cachet, so that's probably what it yeah. is, Amy. Is that what it is? Nobody cares <laughs> I don't know. If, it seems,
4: I mean, the well pipers, no. 11 pipers piping, only $3,000. And the drummers... Honestly, if you got pipers and drummers, you could really get a lot of bang for your buck. The <laughs> Lords of Leaping seems like a bad deal.
2: This does, I don't know, what, the, what did they even do? They leap?
3: <laughs> what good is that? They dance across a stage and I leap. Just,
4: it's good for I, a party. Honestly, I never, you can see the practicality in Eight Meds Maids of Milking. You yes. can see the beauty and artistry of nine ladies dancing, the music of the pipers piping and the twelve drummers drummer. Why would you want to see a bunch of rich guys? Jumping? I don't know. Is this
2: is this like the thing where they say that women make pennies on the dollar, uh, like like men? <laughs> well, men except make for the pipers a dollar, women make seventy five cents. But except an for hour. the
4: pipers and drummers, they're not making anything.
2: But they're getting an increase from last year, according to this index.
4: This is pretty funny.
2: Yeah. But
4: these are expensive. So I'm looking at the true cost of Christmas in song this year if you go to brick and mortar stores Mm -hmm. to pick these things up $201,972.
3: That's if you do the cumulative song with all 12 verses. And repeat and repeat and repeat. Oh, otherwise you're paying for each verse. Yeah, so otherwise it's forty six thousand dollars. I don't need all
4: that. Oh, okay. So if you just go once, it's forty six thousand dollars. But if you buy it online, it's fifty two thousand. Exactly. So don't order the Twelve Days of Christmas online.
2: But I've been told that shopping
3: online is cheaper.
4: I know. It felt like well, if you get down
3: to the granular, what really brings up that internet price is gold. For some reason, gold on the Internet. Oh. So if you look at gold, five gold rings on the Internet are up 35% this year. That's a year. huge increase. It is a
2: huge increase. Wow. And on the Internet, the the milk and maids, they went up almost 20%.
4: Huh.
2: If you buy it, so is that like mail order? That's That's what that is. Huh. Yeah.
4: So wait, I'm sorry. When you're talking about the gold... <laughs> Are we being real now? Like, is it more expensive to buy jewelry and gold online?
3: Apparently it is. Apparently it is.
4: That's crazy.
3: This is wild to me. So when you're shopping, cyber shopping today for a nice little present for yourself, go check out the gold.
4: Because I just, um, I did get engaged and we bought a ring, a diamond ring. We went to the store, went to Diamonds Direct and went to the actual brick and mortar store, not online. So we did the right thing.
2: How many people are buying rings online, though?
4: I think a lot. Have you... I always get um targeted, even before oh, really? the whole engagement thing, I would be targeted by these different, yeah, on, online only Well, stores. I think a,
3: a diamond ring, you want to see it.
4: I think so, too. You, you know, exactly. you
3: trust uh, a little picture and have somebody ship something that expensive, mm-hmm. and you... Don't get what you thought you got.
4: Can you imagine buying thousands of dollars? Like you're spending thousands of dollars on a diamond ring that you haven't seen in person and then you're waiting for it to arrive. And then
3: it shows up and you're like, no, oh, yeah. I don't want this. This this looks bad. You hope it Well, we've ca- kind of lost the congratulations aspect of this. So th- this is fabulous <laughs> news. I'm, I'm, now we know where you got the diamond, but we yeah. haven't even uh, congratulated you.
4: Oh, well, thank you very oh, much. Dude,
3: we've pl- Mike, we've done this... I've, this has been my life for a month. You're now. sick of it, huh? Oh my
2: god, he's I am so, so over it. this engagement. He's mad
4: that he's not a bridesmaid.
3: <laughs> I asked him, well, well, "What's ringer. a bridesmaid cost? We could probably get oh, you a deal gosh. on can one." We, can we get
2: 12 <laughs> of them? look at the CPI and see if if that's that, really funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have been yeah. congratulating her for three weeks now. You have. So well, I listen to your show. I don't think I've heard it. So he's Thank not you. congratulating you enough.
4: Thank you, Mike.
2: I think Mike has called me out. <laughs> He has called me out. <laughs> Mike Scully, so this time of year, it is Christmas, so, you know, we're, uh, what, less than a month away from it right now. Um, what uh, what happens at PNC
3: Financial Services in this month, and how important is it? Oh, I think this is a month of planning. We look for uh, our 2024 plan. It's a, a month of development where we, you know, fine-tune our development plans for all of our staff and our, our talent, if you will, um, our bankers. So I think these are exciting times. Celebrate big wins. You know, this has been a challenging time in banking, just with the turmoil last spring. But PNC is a fabulous organization, rock solid. So we're excited for what 2024 brings. When's the office party? Well, I don't think we have an office party. What? It's rather what? frowned upon. But uh, oh, do you it? have it outside somewhere else? You know, like a well, do you we rent ser- out a space. We certainly go to a lot of. Parties. Okay. So, so it's are, a busy time of year. Can Amy and I go? You can. Absolutely. Awesome. I want to go to a big party. Y- you'll be our like celebrity guest.
2: Eh, well, no one's going to care. People will say who?
4: No, <laughs> they'll say Amy. They? I love her. Who's that That guy. It's me. <laughs> He's the guy. It, I think we would love to come to the Christmas party.
3: Okay, <laughs> you're, you're so both uncertain. hereby invited to the Christmas party we're not having, and yeah. uh, that would be perfect. That's an invitation.
4: What if you were the one Lord a-leaping?
3: Fine. I, that's a good price, too. I could make a lot of money on that. One Lord a-leaping. You should just be thankful we're not on television, so I'd have you in that outfit. <laughs> <So>. The tights. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. The
4: tights and the little puffy skirt thing, Yeah. short poofy that's skirt. That's crisp.
3: <laughs> I think I'll look great in a puffy
2: shirt. Mike Scully, regional president of PNC Financial Services, thanks for coming in. It's good to see you. Thank you, again. you guys. I fun. really appreciate this it. This was fun. And congratulations, Thank Amy.
0: Thank you
4: so much.
2: We've got more coming up, Chris and Amy, here on KMOX.
0: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs>
5: So
2: we asked people earlier, Mm -hmm. when was the moment that you realized you were finally old? Yeah. I had a realization when the Padres hired a manager who was (laughs) younger than me. That was it. That did it for me. You, over the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, uh, played a game of soccer with 39 other people and half uh, of them
4: were I athletes yeah they were One like athletes.
2: young and you realize oh man I, you're in shape but those young people can really do it
4: yeah and it wasn't so much like oh i'm old it's just like you realized you're getting older because I, my lower back really hurt that's <laughs> like, that's like the classic old old person move
2: so 3144367900 couple of people have texted in uh from a 636 <laughs> their realization came When I quit using my expensive surround sound system because it's too loud. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
4: That's so fair.
2: Um, The moment I realized I was old, I walked into a beauty supply shop to purchase fancy shampoo. When checking out, the clerk who was in her 20s said I had beautiful hair, then followed up asking how I dyed it to get the perfect mix of brown and gray.
4: Oh, man. She Ouch. said
2: gray is really trendy right now, Yeah, which it is, and so this person thought she had done it on purpose. It's not
4: as trendy as it was like five years ago yeah. when people who did not have gray hair were bleaching their hair and making it gray, which is pretty crazy, like silver. I wouldn't but, do that. I, I think gray hair is beautiful. Bryce I don't Harper think- did it. I wouldn't do that, though. I wouldn't bleach. Well, first of all, bleaching your hair is pretty hard on your hair. I wouldn't do that. But I think you embrace gray, but I don't think I need it at 35. No,
2: I totally agree with you on that. Um, A a texter has taken exception with my assumption Mm -hmm. that the Pied Piper, or the Pied Piper, that the pipers and the drummers are all men.
4: I think I did that. Oh, did you? Yeah. But the reason why I did that, because the song was written, oh, I don't know, 200 years ago, 300 uh, years ago. Approximately
2: uh, the 12 Days of Christmas was uh, first yeah. recorded about, not recorded, but written about 1780. Yeah. And so
4: my guess is a lot of the pipers and drummers were probably men.
2: Okay. Mine would have been two at that point. Yeah. But the women uh, who were probably milking the cows, because yeah. they're maids are milking. Yeah. They were not, they are not getting their fair share.
4: Listen, they're I've doing s- a lot
2: more work and not getting the compensation they deserve.
4: I have, uh, I was homeschooled. So I've seen a lot of like 18th century reenactment, reenactments, mm-hmm. never really saw a lot of women playing the fife and drum. You know what I mean?
2: What is a fife?
4: I think it's like a flute.
2: Is it?
4: <laughs> it's like you hold it sideways. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, I know what that is. Yeah,
4: marching, Revolutionary War. Maybe there are women, female drummers. But my guess is that the piping and drumming world were male-dominated in the 18th century, primarily because the world was male-dominated in the 18th century. You know how it is. I, I
2: know exactly how it is. A texter says that they started to feel old after 35 and a half. Okay. Because that is the point where you are closer to 50 than 21.
4: Oh, wow. I didn't think that's where they were going. I thought they were going to say 40, then 30. At 35 and a half, you're closer to 40. 50, then 21. Interesting. I do think about 50 a lot now. I've never really thought about 50 until I turned 40.
2: So do I, man. I'm knocking on that door.
4: You are flirting with 50. I hate
2: it. I hate it. Um, Cardinals have been making moves. They have another pitcher, allegedly. We will discuss it with Matt Pawley, and how the Cardinals' rotation is going to look that is coming up next on KMOX. We will be visiting with Greg Anzinger from MLB Network at 1230. He's going to join us and give us his thoughts on the Cardinals' latest move. And we do that again now. Uh, the Quiver River Electric guest line is open. We are joined by Matt Pauley who is uh, with us, as he always is, on Mondays and Thursdays, brought to you by Renner Garage Door, R-E-N-N-E-R, forward and back, family-owned and top-rated, stl.com. Matt Pauly, hello. Hello. Let's talk about Sonny Gray, because the Cardinals are reportedly finalizing a contract with him, would be a three-year, $75 million contract. So for the time being, this is the best pitcher on their staff.
6: Yeah, and I like the deal a lot, especially when I found out it was a three-year deal. I was on with Tom Ackerman this morning, and he asked me to predict what I thought it was going to be. And I thought it was going to be minimum five years for him, even at age 34, just based off the way uh, how, how many teams need starting pitching. So I said five to seven. I, I didn't think it was out of the realm of possibility that a team would give him a seven-year deal where maybe the annual average value goes down at the end, allowing him to pitch into his you know year 40 season or so. And to get him for three years and $25 million per uh, that's a that's a fantastic deal for a guy who is coming off uh, a runner-up finish in the American League Cy Young Award voting. Uh, a guy who changed what he did last off season as a way to stay healthy, and he did just that, making 32 starts and getting to 184 innings this past year. I don't know if he's going to end up being uh, their number one. He's the number one on the on the staff right now. We'll see if the Cardinals have anything else up their sleeve uh, before the off season comes to an end. Uh, but I think this is just a fantastic signing for this club.
4: Well, so you look now at what the Cardinals have done to really not just beef up but build their rotation. And you have Sonny Gray with Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson brought in. Is this is this pretty much it, do you think? Would you say eighty percent, ninety percent done for the Cardinals?
6: I don't know. That's the, the the rotation would look so much better if Sonny Gray was your two. Uh, and and you brought in somebody else. Because really, uh, there's not a whole lot – with all due respect to the other starters, and I think you can win a lot of games, and I think you can win a division uh, with the other starters, but I I put this out on my Twitter earlier today. Like, What what order do you put these guys in? Because right now, Sonny Gray is your one, and then when you look at – Gibson and Lynn and Michaelis and Mats like there's not a whole lot of difference between numbers two through five. You got a whole bunch of like number three and number four starters there. So I think in a perfect world, uh, they would find a way to bring in another starting pitcher that you can view as a, as a top two starter in your rotation. But at the same time, Two things: A, you're 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 so much better in the starting rotation right now than you were at any other point uh, this past season. And even if they go into the, I think this rotation can can win the NL Central. If you're having success with this rotation during the season, and you get to the trade deadline, you can certainly add a pitcher at that point. So. I think they're going to make a run at Yamamoto. It's going to be a lot of money. It's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of money. It would make the Cardinals incredibly uncomfortable to probably give that kind of money, but they have... They've put so much of their resources internationally into what's going on in Japan. You don't do that if you don't want to have an opportunity in moments like this to sign difference-making type players. So I think they're going to make a run at Yamamoto. If they don't come up with him, I would expect that this is going to be uh, the rotation that they, they take into the season, unless something kind of falls into the lap from a trade standpoint.
2: Yamamoto apparently was at a Lakers game last week, which indicates he was being courted by the Dodgers. Um, So, yeah, it it is probably going to cost a lot of money. But my impression, Matt, the first thing I I thought of this morning was upon hearing the gray news that that's probably it. That's probably what they do. They my guess is they feel comfortable with that rotation. You don't think they are just yet.
6: I think they're going to continue to kick the tires on some others. You know, and there's other, you know, like a Tyler Glass now and a Dylan Cease. Those guys are going to be available uh, via trade. Uh, I think it's really notable to watch the fact that right now, annual average values of contracts are not as high as we expected them to be and, and, and bluntly are not as high as they were last year. So if we take a step back and start analyzing the industry, what that tells me is, is that teams are going into a period where they don't want to spend as much money. And maybe that's connected to the uncertainty with regional television moving forward. Uh, maybe it's just that they're a year off the collective bargaining agreement, and now owners are kind of taking a step back. But Major League Baseball and the way spending goes, very often teams kind of move together. So if we're going into a period where teams are becoming less and less inclined to spend a lot of money, that also means there's going to be opportunities to take place Players from other teams, where they're going to be looking to offload salary, and John Mozeliak's been pretty good in those kind of situations where teams want to offload salary. So I'm just, I'm not, I, I, I'm not saying that they're for sure going to go get somebody else. It would not shock me if this is basically the starting rotation group uh, when spring training breaks in Jupiter here in a couple months. But I, I don't think they're done kicking the tires on things right now. If
4: if. We all know the focus had to be on pitching, 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 and pitching. Is it possible that the Cardinals quite literally spend all the money that they have, that they can spend, the extra funds, whatever, just on pitching because the rest of the roster is pretty solid?
6: Yeah. I I mean, there's going to be some position players that get brought in, but at big money deals, probably not. I do think they're going to be involved in the trade market. I would be... I'd be shocked if both Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson are on this team uh, come, come spring training. I would say there's a better chance of neither of them being on this team than both of them being on this team. I, I think they move uh, one of those outfielders. They, maybe they get back some relief pitching there. That's an area that still needs to uh, get better, and that's probably what the focus is right now. If something happens from a starting standpoint, that's great. Uh, but They had a ton of blown saves last year, and I'll I'll keep repeating it over and over and over and over again. It wasn't starting pitching last year that was the main contributor to this being such a bad team. It was relief pitching. If they would have just had half as many blown saves as they did last year, they would have still been in contention at the trade deadline, and they could have gone out and got in a starting pitcher, and it could have been a very, very, very different season. So they need to they need to get some high leverage relievers. Uh, They need to make sure that they got the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings on lockdown when they're leading by one two three runs so that's got to be the focus right now that they're they're gonna there's gonna be a position player or two that's on the roster this year that's not in the organization right now that's a but I don't think they're gonna be big time contributors and I do think that uh we're gonna see one of those two outfielders in all likelihood get traded talking with
2: Matt Pauly right now here on KMOX let's talk about the division overall and We've seen the Reds, who look like they're on the rise. Uh, the Pirates had a pretty good start to last year, and then they fell off, as you know, you, one would expect. Um, the Cubs are, you know, they've got themselves a new manager, and they look like they are in on Shohei Otani, potentially, though he's probably going to end up in L.A. You've got the Brewers, who I don't really know what they're going to be. I mean, they, uh, Brandon Woodruff is not going to be in the rotation, most likely. They've lost their manager. How do you see the Cardinals right now before we we get to the rest of the offseason within the context of their division?
6: Yeah, it's uh, it's a really good question, and I don't totally know the answer because of everything that you just outlined. Now, uh, there was a report this morning that came out uh, from Jeff Passan. That only listed the Dodgers, Rangers, and Blue Jays as being the teams uh, that were chasing Shohei Ohtani. So I, I don't know if that means the Cubs are falling off, and that if, if the Cubs are not involved in Ohtani, with all due respect to the Rangers and the Blue Jays, uh, I think there's like a 98 percent chance that he ends up uh, with the Dodgers. As
2: of the, uh, the yeah, Cubs, I think that's the the very most likely scenario is Los Angeles. But as of the weekend, my understanding was the Cubs were very much in on him.
6: Yeah, I just I saw this thing that came out about an hour ago from yeah. Jeff Passan where it said the Dodgers, Rangers, and Blue Jays are chasing Shohei Otani, and he did not list the Cubs right in that spot. So take that for whatever it's worth. Every, you know, the, the narrative changes on a minute-by-minute basis here uh, here in the off season. I do think the Cubs are going to make some, are going to spend some money. They show that they're willing to spend money with how much they're paying Craig Council. Council's clearly a good manager. You don't fire David Ross and spend that kind of money to bring in a new manager unless you're expecting to win. So I still think the Cubs are, are that team that you look at as being at the top of the division right now. I do think the Brewers are going to fall off. I think the Cincinnati Reds are the most talented team in the NL Central, but I think that talent is really young talent, and I don't think it's quite ready uh, for prime time, and they could use some pitching uh as well and and we'll see what they do if they bring in a couple established starters then all of a sudden we start talking more about uh about the Cincinnati Reds I don't believe in them right now I don't especially believe in the Brewers I didn't believe in the Brewers at all going into this season either and they end up winning the division so take that uh for for what it's worth but I I think the Cardinals are right there the Pirates are the one team that I would say uh they're not really worth talking about here at the moment and you can probably make arguments for for the other teams and specifically uh the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Reds. One thing I would say about
2: the Reds is this they they come across to me like a team that they could have a good young core, but they will absolutely fail to build around that core. Just like the Pirates they, did, you know, a decade and a half ago, where they had a good they, young core and they did nothing to help those guys.
6: They won't spend money. Right. And so I'll be know, surprised one thing that, that I do, cur- but I doubt it. Yeah. The one thing I'd be curious on is, you know, Trevor Bauer's out there, and I think he's going to get a a major league deal this year. Um, I I wouldn't touch him. I I don't think he's good in the clubhouse. Uh, Teammates don't like being teammates with him from everything that I've heard, but he fit in okay in in Cincinnati. Maybe they get him for – very little money and he goes back there and starts to recreate what he was doing when he was there the first time maybe that's a Cincinnati way of, of building around that group i don't i, I don't know i just I, I look at that team i look at that ownership group and i say that's a bunch of people who don't want to spend money and and to your point it's it's a shame for fans of Cincinnati Reds baseball because again that group that young group might be the single most talented group in the NL Central and and that disdain their president has for the fan base
2: there. Yes. What, what did he say something to the effect of, He's like, well, what go are they somewhere.
6: Do? Oh, You don't like it? Go, go somewhere yeah, else.
2: Go do like, else. Like, what, you don't like our yeah. team? Go somewhere else. Like, what the hell? That's what you say?
6: And then, you know what? They were selling out games at the end of the season last yeah. year. Like, that... I have no problem giving credit to other really good fan bases. Like I was in Milwaukee for a long time. You know what? There's a there's a lot of really good baseball fans in Milwaukee. I think it's the same thing in Cincinnati. Just because attendance doesn't look great and they don't they they don't draw the way the Cardinals do, it doesn't really matter how good the Cardinals are. They're going to draw three million. Like that's a really weird, rare sort of thing. There are other really solid baseball fan groups and that includes the cincinnati reds and look they just they just kind of play good last year they're just a little bit exciting and all of a sudden great american ballpark is sold out on an every night basis so the ownership group should look at that in cincinnati and say look at what our fans will do if we give them a product and they should reinvest that money and for whatever reason they don't
2: matt Pauly, is there a sports open line tonight or are we subjecting people to the bears game
6: no, we are. Uh, thank, thank God, we do not have to worry about uh, Bears football tonight, uh, and we will have a full two-hour sports open line from six o'clock to eight o'clock, talking a whole lot of baseball. Awesome! Thanks, Matt Pauly. You bet. Thank you, Matt Pauly,
2: Follow him on Twitter at Matt Pauly on air. Amy Markscores is at Amy Markscores. I'm at Chris Ranji. Our handle for the show mm-hmm. is at Chris Amy K M O X, and you should uh, you should follow us. You should follow. By the way, uh, Matt did mention Dylan Cease as a possibility, maybe a trade possibility. Um, just know that uh, he is uh, apparently the Braves and the Sox have been talking. So hmm. he may end up in Atlanta, potentially. A lot of things can happen between now and next week, which is when the winter meetings happen. And Matt Pauly is going to be there covering it for us.
4: Hey, a lot of people might end up in Atlanta if they skip lag. You know what skip lagging is? No. Well, we should talk about it next.
2: Maybe not next. I have something else.
4: No! I have A- to tell you about skip lagging. It's Chris
2: and Amy on KMOX. Chris and Amy on KMOX. Uh, Greg Amsinger is going to join us at 1230. We will talk about the moves the Cardinals made. Uh, it's not official yet, but we'll we'll discuss it coming up. Uh, Sonny Gray has... is going to sign with the team, um, apparently finalizing a three-year contract. So we'll talk to Greg about it next hour. Hey, man, I am very tired today because, Amy, I... uh, So on Saturday, there was this celebration of life for um, a friend went Mm. to high school with. He uh, took his own life a couple of months Mm. ago, Dana Anderson, great guy. And there was this thing... Like a benefit concert that happened in my hometown. So I went to it and it turned into sort of a, a reunion. So there were a lot of people who were there mm-hmm. that I had not seen in a long time, like very long time. And I'm i tired because I woke up in the middle of the night last night thinking about the fact that I am absolutely positive I called at least two or three people by the wrong name. And I've been thinking about it since. And this is not people that were fringe people who Mm -hmm. I didn't know very well. We're talking people that I went to school with for a long time and did know. And I am absolutely positive. I was one I'm thinking of right now, and I'm not going to say the name, but I am pretty sure that not only did I call the wrong name, but I said it out loud across the room to this person who responded to me, mm-hmm. but I think they didn't hear me. Or maybe they did and were just trying to not make me feel awkward. But I absolutely is, call people by the wrong name. This is
4: so interesting to me for a couple of reasons. I'm not being sarcastic. One is that, I know actually, it's, it's interesting to me for one reason. Of all of the things you've done in your life, uh-huh. and you will tell me to move on past pretty tragic global events and of all the things that stupid things that you have done and said in your whole life this is what finally kept you up at night i have never known you to dwell on any mistake intentional or unintentional that you've ever made
2: i woke up and checked facebook
4: no you i did didn't. i got my phone i so did you confirm that you were wrong yeah So were you, I was right on,
2: I was right on one. That's not, that's neither here nor there. If you're drinking, it doesn't matter. I was right on one on two of them. I was definitely wrong. And this other fella, guy, great, Mm -hmm. great guy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Hey, comes up to me and he starts talking to me and I'm looking at his face and I'm like, you're very familiar in the way you talk. Mm -hmm. I know I know you. And then, I, then he's like, hey, it's so-and-so. I went, oh, okay. I remember you being way taller than me. And he's not. And he did not let that go for the rest of the night. Wow. He's like, oh, I'm this guy, and what? I'm short.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he taller than you in high school? I think so. Interesting. That's wow. how I remember it. What a rude little person you are. <sighs> it's Chris
2: and Amy on KMOX